Remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? There's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. As someone who has traveled both the journey towards a good night's sleep and to find a healthy weight, I understand the struggle. For sleep, it is one of many nights of tossing, turning, and waking up tired. And for the other, it's the many days of experiencing an appetite that can't be easily satiated along with the mental energy of focusing on success. That's why if I had the chance to try Robody, I'd embark its scientifically backed approach without hesitation. Robody members get access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, combined with personalized lifestyle changes. Members have support throughout the process, including what might be the most daunting part of the process of handling all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered, go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Spiral Stairs. Tonight, we'll read the second part to The Secret Garden, a novel by Frances Hodgson Burnett, first published in 1911. Set in England, it is now one of Burnett's most popular novels and seen as a classic of English children's literature. In the first episode, we learn of the unloved and unloving Mary. When cholera breaks out, she is left all alone in the world. She is then sent from India to England to live with her uncle, Archibald Craven. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Since Mary had been living in other people's houses and had had no ayah, she had begun to feel lonely and to think queer thoughts which were new to her. She had begun to wonder why 
She had never seemed to belong to anyone, even when her father and mother had been alive. Other children seemed to belong to their fathers and mothers, but she had never really seemed to be anyone's little girl. She had had servants and food and clothes, but no one had taken any notice of her. She did not know that this was because she was a disagreeable child, but then, of course, she did not know she was disagreeable. She often thought that other people were, but she did not know that she was so herself. She thought Mrs. Medlock the most disagreeable person she had ever seen, with her common, highly colored face and her common, fine bonnet. When the next day they set out on their journey to Yorkshire, she walked through the station to the railway carriage with her head up and trying to keep as far away from her as she could because she did not want to seem to belong to her. It would have made her angry to think people imagined she was her little girl. But Mrs. Medlock was not in the least disturbed by her and her thoughts. She was the kind of woman who would stand no nonsense from young ones. At least, that is what she would have said if she had been asked. She had not wanted to go to London just when her sister Maria's daughter was going to be married, but she had a comfortable, well-paid place as housekeeper at Misselthwaite Manor, and the only way in which she could keep it was to do at once what Mr. Archibald Craven told her to do. She never dared even to ask a question. Captain Lennox and his wife died of the cholera, Mr. Craven had said in his short, cold way. Captain Lennox was my wife's brother, and I am their daughter's guardian. The child is to be brought here. You must go to London and bring her yourself. So, she packed her small trunk and made the journey. Mary sat in her corner of the railway carriage and looked plain and fretful. She had nothing to read or to look at, and she had folded her thin little black-gloved hands in her lap. Her black dress made her look yellower than ever, and her limp light hair straggled from under her black crepe hat. A more marred-looking young one I never saw in my life, Mrs. Medlock thought. Marred is a Yorkshire word and means spoiled and pettish. She had never seen a child who sat so still without doing anything, and at last she got tired of watching her and began to talk in a brisk, hard voice. I suppose I may as well tell you something about where you are going to.